0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: It's week 17 and the Cincinnati Bengals are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. It's time for our Thursday crossover. Chris Clark from Locked On Chiefs joining myself, Jake Lisko, and James Rapine from the Locked On Bengals podcast here on the Locked On podcast network your team every day and these teams both really fighting for something here in the postseason Chris the Chiefs working their way toward a potential number one seed in the AFC the Bengals technically with a little bit of help also have hopes for the number one seed and beyond that hopes for clinching their division this week the Chiefs have really turned things around since the early part of the year and look like the Chiefs team that has gone to the Super Bowl the last few years. How's the feeling in Kansas City at this point? Is it all systems go? There are Super Bowl expectations again?
1: Yeah, I think there really are and I understand why. I think with the the way that the defense has kind of turned things around over the past several weeks, I think that's really what it comes down to. Uh you know, watching the game on Sunday, they were talking about how Kansas City turned, had gotten 18 turnovers uh since they really started their turnaround and that was number 1 in the NFL or tied for number 1 in the NFL. So uh, their defense has really just started to take control of the game at times, and offensively, they've started to find their way as well. Uh, with teams still trying to play cover two, but Mahomes realizing that he can, you know, take a couple of, uh, you know, checkdowns and still be okay.
2: Yeah, I, I think that uh, to me, they look like the Chiefs that I expected them to, to look like. Now, coming into this week, you know, they've had a lot of COVID issues, and it, it really seems like. They're sweeping across the NFL. The Bengals dealing with them right now with Jermaine Pratt on the COVID-19 reserve list. It seems like they got good news and everybody's back. Is that the case?
1: Yeah, it looks like everybody returned to practice today from the COVID list. Uh, so I think they are in good shape when it comes to that. So uh, I do think that they'll be in good shape for this game uh, on Sunday when they play the Bengals. Uh, you know, it's really interesting to see how the covid the different protocols have changed over the past couple of weeks and how I'm sure they're going to continue to change as we try to get through the rest of the season. So, uh, but it does look like they're going to be healthy and they should all be available for this week. And, uh, you know, I looking at your names that went on the list, I would have been a little bit more worried about, uh, your QB situation if, uh, you know, some of the things hadn't changed just because you know, your second string QB just went on the list to start the week.
0: Yeah, even even with the changes to the protocol at this point, if Burrow were to somehow come down with symptoms, and that's the only way he'll test this week, according to head coach Zach Taylor, he's not going to play. Even with right. the five-day return to play, Jermaine Pratt going on the COVID list, as James mentioned, he's not eligible to return until Monday. And I believe it was clarified on Wednesday as well that in order to get activated for a game on Sunday – you need to be coming off the COVID list on Saturday. So if Sunday would be your fifth day, that doesn't even count. So Jermaine Pratt off the off the table for this week for the Bengals, but they do get some very surprising news. Logan Wilson, who had a shoulder dislocation or labrum or some sort of shoulder severe injury uh, three weeks ago now, I believe, is suddenly back and fully participated in practice on Wednesday. So a little bit of linebacker. Uh, roulette linebacker movement for for guys getting on and off the injury list uh, musical chairs that's the analogy i was looking for and logan wilson's probably their best linebacker and and if neither of those guys can go there are probably some concerns about communication getting the defense set properly getting the calls in and figuring out who's going to wear the green dot helmet but it sounds like it will be logan wilson and the Bengals will have something resembling full strength on defense, and actually I would say they're remarkably healthy on defense, especially if DJ Reader gets off the COVID list this week because he's really the glue that, that makes them go on that defensive line. So both teams, it seems like, at relatively full strength, are, are there key names missing for the Chiefs that that I'm missing at this point that I'm forgetting about?
1: No, I think they're all back. Travis Kelsey came back to practice today. Uh, Nick Bolton came back and uh, I don't know that you call him a key, but he's their leading tackler this year. So he's played very well for them as a rookie. Uh, I think that he really adds an extra element to the defense. So I think he can help as well, especially when you're going up against a guy like Joe Mixon, like the Chiefs will be this week. Uh, And so I think City is going to be in really good shape as long as you know, obviously, somebody doesn't come down with symptoms over the next couple of days, but that's always up in the air.
2: Yeah, it is. I know Honey Badger got dinged up a little bit. Is Tyron Matthew good? I haven't I haven't seen the injury report, but is he all right?
1: Yeah, he just came back. He had a full practice today. Uh, he actually went back in the game after he got dinged up. Uh, it was just a quad contusion. And you know how those things are. I mean, you're going to get beat up as you play in the NFL. So, uh, you know, he looks like he's going to be good to go and Kansas City should be pretty much at full strength.
0: Nice to see teams here in Week 17 on both sides at relatively full strength. I know the Bengals are missing some linebackers, Jermaine Pratt, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Jordan Wilson, and and some guys deeper on the depth chart. But for the most part, Riley Reef, a significant absence, I guess, at right tackle. But for the most part, these teams relatively healthy and with playoffs on the line, it's really nice to see, assuming that DJ Reader gets back, because I do think that would be A very significant absence in this game. The Chiefs pretty heavily favored, going on the road, and it's sort of tough to argue with that. The way they're playing right now. Before we dive into some very specific Chiefs-related topics in in a couple minutes here, Chris, I'm just curious from your perspective, was it just getting healthy on the defensive side of the ball and and adjusting to the defensive approach that? opponents were taking against the Chiefs has been the key to the turnaround or did something else click in your opinion that that's led to this big winning streak
1: well I think it's a, a couple of different things if you look at Kansas City's defense over the past several years with Steve Spagnuolo as their coordinator they haven't really been very good in the early in the season and is trying to figure out what can this defense do what can these players do uh, and I think he changes his scheme up a little bit uh, as you get further into the season so I think that's helped the addition of Melvin Ingram thank you Pittsburgh Steelers uh, has been a huge boon for this de- team because it m- allowed them to put Chris Jones back inside where he plays best. And Melvin Ingram has been pretty good at defensive end. He hasn't been getting a ton of sacks, but he's still creating pressure and he's doing what he needs to in the run game. So I think that's been a big help as well. Uh, Frank Clark, Shavarius Ward, Chris Jones all missed time early in the season with injuries. So uh, you know, getting all three of those guys back has uh, also been a big boon. And I think the other big thing that you started seeing at times throughout this winning streak is the offensive line starting to gel even more. Like, I think they played well early in the season at times, but they really have gotten to a point where they are, they know each other well enough to know where each player is going to be. They know what they can do, and they're being put in the best positions for them. And that's really helping the offensive line, which is helping the offense.
2: We'll dive into and take a closer look at the Chiefs. And then Chris is going to ask us about the Bengals next. But I've got to tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online has you covered going into the new year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As the college football playoffs just a couple of days away, the NFL playoffs a couple of weeks away, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. So whether you're leaning Chiefs on Sunday, whether you're leaning Bengals or Anything in between, go to betonline.ag right now. Sign up today and make sure you use promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's that simple. Promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Get free money that you can use to bet on the Cincinnati Bengals or bet on the Kansas City Chiefs or any of the other NFL matchups this weekend. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports.
0: Chris, let's talk about this Kansas City defense, because to me, when I look at this game right now, it is a game that there there are Bengals fans out there that think, how are the Bengals going to slow down Travis Kelsey? How are the Bengals going to slow down Tyreek Hill? And to me, those things are not really, they'll try, but they're not really achievable or sustainable goals. So to me, it's a very variance driven game if the Bengals are going to win. And so the other part of that is if variance is going to be a factor that could potentially tilt in the Bengals' favor or not, right, because that's how variance works, the, the offense also needs to work for the Cincinnati Bengals. And in order for the offense to work, they have to take advantage of, you know, whatever matchups they get from the Kansas City defense. But to me, the Kansas City defense might be one of the more complete defenses they've faced this year. And and it seems like they're very variable, multiple from week to week. Seems like they like to blitz a lot, but they have a very capable secondary. And with the addition of Melvin Ingram, a, a capable front front four, What what is the approach that you've seen lately from Steve Spagnolo's defense? And and would you say that it's quite variable or, or are there consi- consistent themes that we can look forward to this weekend?
1: No, I do think it, it is very variable. I think it's going to depend on the opponent. It depends on what the opponent is good at doing. Uh, Kansas City, at least over this past winning streak, has really been focusing on trying to get pressure with four people. And if they can do that, then they're in a good situation. Steve Spagnuolo still loves to send the blitz, and he will from time to time. But being able to get pressure with your front four guys, Ingram and Reed and Jones and Clark, if you can get pressure with those four, then you're in a great situation because Kansas City's back end has played very well as well. Uh, and then you start looking at what they're doing at linebacker with Willie Gay and Nick Bolton and even Anthony Hitchens at times this year. Uh, I think that they're playing very well as, you know, in complementary football. So I do think that it is varied, and I think that it's, uh, defensively they have a lot of different things they can do for you. And I think the bigger key really is going to be getting back Legarius Sneed for this playoff run uh, because he missed a couple of games with the death of his brother um and him coming back in allows you to basically move tyron matthew wherever you want to on the field and when they can do that uh you always have to wor- wonder where the honey badger is and you have to worry about him so i think that really helps them as well
2: yeah turnovers wise it, it seems like when you look at the it just seems like is it turnover luck are they it was that been a huge emphasis on it because i, I know a couple of Bengals players on wednesday talked about how they swarm to the ball they're always trying to punch the ball out there's always a chief or two that's uh, that's trying to force a turnover. And you look at the numbers and and they back that up.
1: Yeah, and I think that they have done a very good job about going after the ball and and swarming to the ball. I think that, you know, you look at going back a couple weeks when Mike Hughes recovered a fumble and ran it in for a touchdown. And then he also punched one out uh, in the same game uh, in one AFC defensive player of the week. You have types those types of performances. He wasn't supposed to start that week, but that was the week that Ljarius Sneed missed. Sneed is a sure tackler. Sneed is a guy that is going to go after you, uh, whether you're a running back or a wide receiver. And I think that also helps. And that's basically how the corners play for this Chiefs defense. And that's going to help versus the pass and versus the run. So I think that's a big key. When you start looking at the turnovers, I do think that there is a little bit of luck to it. But I would also say that Kansas City wasn't getting that luck when the season started. And it just, you know, it's one of those things where, it's just kind of the way the ball the ball rolls and you know when it's not going your way at one point, it's usually going to switch back at some point later.
0: We love to talk about turnover regression and it tends to work out or work itself out eventually. Let's talk about what gives the Kansas City defense trouble because to me again, like I said earlier, I think if this is a game that is going to be competitive and that the Bengals will hang around and maybe try to win, it's it's coming down to the Bengals' ability to hang with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And we'll talk about the offense, I'm sure, in just a minute because that's a very exciting part of this Chiefs team. But what what is it that gives the Chiefs defense problems? What is it that, in your opinion, Joe Burrow, who's been processing really well lately, whose accuracy has been really strong lately, and his trio or quintet or quartet of weapons and Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase could do to potentially make make life difficult for Steve Spagnuolo's unit?
1: Well, I think it starts really with your offensive line because if your offensive line is able to hold withhold the path, pass rush, I think you're going to be in a much better position. And that's a big question because I, I, I really do believe Chris Jones is one of the top three defensive tackles in the NFL. Uh, and you know the way he plays, if he gets pressure on the QB, it's going to make everything more difficult for your offense to function. Uh, But really, if you start looking at what Kansas City struggles with or what they did struggle with early in the year, it was passes to the running back and running backs that could get out and catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, They also have struggled with tight ends at times. Uh, So that's a place where you look like a guy, you know, like Uzama or somebody like that uh, that could really, you know, create uh, some problems for Kansas City. But getting Willie Gay back, I think, is also going to be a big help because he has the speed to cover some of those guys uh, and really help as well.
2: Let's switch gears. Let's talk about the offense. Obviously there were um, struggles early on and people were you were talking about Patrick Mahomes, what's wrong with him. And it, it's funny. It's the first time I think he's actually struggled, you know, by his standards uh, since joining the NFL, since being a starter with the chiefs, but what's changed and is the offense all the way back or do you still think they're making their way back?
1: I would say they're about as all the way back as they're going to get. Uh, I think that it's, you know, the bigger thing that I think if you really were going to talk to a guy like Brett Beach uh, about where they need to focus on the offseason is they need to find another receiver. Uh, you know, they have Travis Kelsey. They have Tyree Kill. That's great. But if you don't have a third guy that can really scare a defense, that becomes a problem. And that's kind of what happened in a lot of ways with Kansas City. But Cole Hardman hasn't progressed like you'd like him to. So he hasn't been able to step up. Byron Pringles played well at times but you still don't have that really third, big third weapon like you had with Sammy Watkins. Yes, Watkins missed a lot of games, I get that, but when he was out there on the field, the Chiefs' offense was very efficient and was very good because you have a situation where he was still pulling coverage uh, from those other guys. And I think when you start looking at really what was slowing Mahomes down, it was seeing all the two high safety sets that he was seeing early in the season. I don't think it's that he didn't he couldn't beat them, uh, I think it was more of he wanted to go downfield and he kept looking for those deep shots that just weren't there. Uh, and when he started taking the, the shorter throws and, and handing the ball off, that's when you see the offense starting to pick back up.
0: It seems like the the way to to beat the Chiefs offense or, or try to beat the Chiefs offense anyway, if you don't have a Vic Fangio defense where you have the corners and the safeties to play disciplined and be sticky on wide receivers is like many other quarterbacks, the elite quarterbacks, especially in the NFL, is get pressure with four. And I know Mahomes is generally a very creative quarterback who's good at extending plays, finding yardage off script, but he also has a tendency, it seems, to to drift a little bit in the pocket and try to do the Madden thing where you escape out the back. And is is there a formula there? Is there a susceptibility, a tackle maybe, where – you know Trey Hendrickson could be a guy that creates some problems for Mahomes if he gets around the edge? Or do you think that that is a problem that might be overstated or otherwise uh, resolvable given Patrick Mahomes' level of play lately?
1: I think the issue that you're going to have with that, and I'm not saying Hendrickson can't change this game. He certainly could. Uh, the problem is, is that you have four of the five Chiefs offensive linemen that have been playing phenomenal all year long. And it's if you can get pressure with four, you're in a good shape against Mahomes because then you can drop seven into coverage and, and that's better. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to blitz him because he eats blitzes alive. I mean, that's just, you know, stats show that year after year, he is one of the best QBs against blitzes. But I think the key, though, is are they able to get pressure, but they have to get it quick because when you have safety valves like Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill, that opens things up that allows them to be able to do things that you normally wouldn't expect them to be able to do. And Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill are just so much on the same page with Patrick Mahomes. Even when he goes off script, they usually are able to find soft places in the zone and it's really hard to guard them for, you know, five or six seconds, but if they can, if they're able to get to him quick, then that's a whole different ball game.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. Is uh, how's the running game been for, for this Chiefs team? Is it something that they have been able to do when they needed to do it? I know you got Creed Humphrey. We it seems like we talk about Creed Humphrey probably once a week in Trey Smith. I know Jake is uh is it couldn't but well, he could believe it, but uh certainly someone that he liked in the draft. But uh so so you get those two guys, show up of the offensive line. How's the run game been when the Chiefs have needed to run it?
1: I think it's okay. I don't think it's great. I think that there's still a work in progress. And I think, you know, when Ryan and I started talking about how this offensive line was going to gel, we said it was going to be, you know, week six, week eight, eight before they really got going and before you felt like they had continuity and could do things. Well, their starting right tackle's been out. Uh, You know, we thought it was going to be Rimmers. Then it was going to be Niang. Well, Niang's been out with COVID and been injured. So then it was Wiley. Um, So you've got all these different moving pieces at right tackle. But the four – the four that are playing have been playing very well, and I think they are helping get the running game going. Uh, the issue is, is that you have to uh, you know, call the right running place for the right running back. Uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been able to do very well going to the edges more uh, than really going up the middle, and Darrell Williams is more of a guy that's going to be better catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, and then you have a guy like Derek Gore who's come in and given them a – You know, a a shock to the system as well. He's a completely different type of running back and he's got a lot of power, but he's got speed too.
0: Some uh, very interesting pieces on that Kansas City side. I, I think I'll talk about this more tomorrow. I think I've said it this week. I think this is the most complete defense they've faced and it's very hard, I think, to find a hole on offense. Very good test for the Bengals and we'll give Chris a chance to ask us about what to expect from the Bengals coming up next. All
1: right, guys. So there's a lot of stuff I want to ask you about when it comes to this Bengals team. I've been watching them all season. I thought that they looked very good. Uh, you know, you look at what you were getting from Jamar Chase. I think he's come on. He's had a fantastic season, obviously. Uh, Joe Burrow is playing very well. The one question I really have to start with, though, is when you start looking at this offense and what they were able to do against the Baltimore Ravens last week, uh, one of my concerns kind of looking at stats and, and different things with Joe Burrow. He seems to get sacked a lot. Is that a concern with you going into this game, knowing the chiefs front four has started to get to the ball or started to get to the QB a little bit more?
2: Yeah, it's a concern every week. I'm not going to lie. If you know <laughs> the, the offensive line, does it hold up? Is it able to, you know, give Burrow enough time? And yeah, he's been sacked. I think it's 47 times on the year and um He's hit a lot. Uh, I, I do think that he's been able to evade the pressure uh, much better recently. And coming off the ACL, you would expect that athleticism to, to get back to normal as the season has gone on. And I think it has, but you talked about revolving right tackle or for the Bengals, it's revolving right side. It's, you know, they've had four, four different starting right guards, I believe, so, you know, three different starting right tackles this year. And so that's, uh, that's part of it. And, and they also have Trey Hopkins who was coming off of an ACL that he tore, Last January, and he's played in all but one game this year, and he's starting to look like himself at center. So uh, there is that. But yeah, the offensive line certainly is is a hot topic in Cincinnati, and so every week it seems like we're either talking about a Miles Garrett or you know a Bosa or in this case you know just that Kansas City front. Will they be able to keep him upright? Give him enough time to do what he needs to do? Because if they do that, I you know you look at some of the numbers. I know he's got like a. Oh, is a ninety five point eight clean pocket rating from PFF. I mean, there's he's able to to slice and dice opposing defenses. But if he's hurried, it uh, you know it could lead to turnovers or, or make him um, make him do things that he wouldn't normally do.
1: And I think you bring up a great point. You know, you have the weapons in Cincinnati. And I think that's something that. Uh, has been a struggle for you at times over the past several years. Is I just didn't feel like you guys had the weapons to really be uh, very competitive, at least, you know, long term and, in, in, you know, in the playoffs and whatnot. But now you have a guy like Jamar Chase, you have T. Higgins, you have Uzama, who, who's playing well as well. And then you still have Boyd as well, uh, not to mention mixing out of the backfield. How are you really feeling about the weapons and, and what Cincinnati has on offense going into this game?
0: I think that both fans, analysts, External, internal, everybody feels really bullish on the future for Cincinnati's weapons or skill players. Or are I think, all except for Tyler Boyd, who also came into the league young, 25 or younger. Tyler Boyd is 27. CJ Uzama might also be 27. He's a little bit older as well on his second contract. But the rest of these guys, Joe Mixon, 25 years old, T. Higgins, 22 years old, Jamar Chase, 21 years old, and they're all doing this. Joe Burrow, 25 years old doing this at a young age and with youth comes some ups and downs for sure. And, and some, it's also a young coaching staff. I think that they're growing up together a little bit, but when you asked about whether they could hold up in pass protection really resonates with me this week, because last week we all saw Joe Burrows go, go for four, 525 passing yards, four touchdowns. Only time that's happened in NFL history with no picks. And, you know, the the fourth all time passing yardage game, Bengals record, all this stuff. And that's great and all. But Baltimore. So, so in the pass rush, I would say there's no Chris Jones over there. Adafi Oas is, is fine. Calais Campbell's hurt. He hardly played. And when he did play, he was limited by that hamstring. So, you know, yeah, the weapons are great. We did see Denver put the clamps on him a couple of weeks ago. So there's that. It's not like they're. Uncoverable, but then we saw them come out against Baltimore and everyone was open and Burrow was shaking sacks and finding guys. So to me, you know, the combination of the things means they have to let Burrow throw to win the game. They can't get conservative like they have at times after the bye and run the ball on early downs so much. But if they don't, that means they have to protect him. And when it's the internal threat, you know, Chris Jones over whoever's playing right guard for the Bengals is a pretty scary matchup.
1: Well, and, you know, Jerron Reed, I think, has played a lot better as well. I know he's not Chris Jones, but I think that also gives you trouble on the inside sure. uh, when you start looking at your, you know, your offensive line. We flip it over to the other side of the ball. You know, you look at the Bengals and, and how they have played so far this year, again, on defense. How do you expect them to try to match up against this Chiefs team who, obviously, their two main threats are Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> Well, I I know this Uh, Bengals fans before the game was over against the Ravens were already talking about how Travis Kelsey was going to have a huge game and Kelsey was on the COVID list then. Right. And Mm -hmm, I, since mm -hmm. then, obviously he's been active, but people were just bracing themselves way back last Sunday. So yeah, I think, uh, i honestly i don't know if there is a, a great answer for how they're going to be able to guard kelsey and you know they have options uh as, as far as you could could you use jesse bates at times yep yeah you could use trey flowers at times maybe they use a little bit of trey waynes or use their top cornerback in should obey Ouzier. but someone else is going to have to guard hill and maybe that's the case is you use a wouzier and, and have him and Bates on the top of hill and kelsey's the guy that is just uh you know, you know going to get numbers. I, th- I think it's going to be tough for them to to stop Kelsey given how tight ends have performed against them this year and given his rapport with, with Patrick Mahomes. So, to Jake's point, this could be a shootout and this could be one of those things where it's going to be Burrow and, and his weapons versus Mahomes and his weapons. And then if the Bengals can force a turnover or two, maybe they can, you know, have the upper hand. But I, I don't know if there's going to be a great game plan where you're going to be able to stop both. I think you try to limit Tyreek Hill over the top and double Kelsey when you can and, and try to get some pressure on the homes when you can and kind of live with the results there.
0: I'll say this real quick, just to jump in. We talked about this in our, our film review episode uh, on yesterday's show on On Bengals at the end of the show. So if you want to hear our take on, on kind of the lessons that, that might be applicable, because the Bengals kind of faced the the Walmart version or maybe Target version of, of Kelsey and, and Tyreek last week <laughs> in Mark Andrews. Sorry, and, I love
1: that comparison, sorry.
0: Yeah, in, in Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Fast receiver, not as good as Tyreek Hill and really good tight end, not as good as Travis Kelsey, right? So they, they did at times dedicate extra resources to, to Andrews against the Ravens. I think uh, the, the few times that I really noticed them doing that, they got burned by by some receivers and generally speaking they did try to keep a safety over uh hollywood brown the one time they didn't the ravens took a shot they missed the shot but they had the shot there if they wanted it so you know it's an issue where good tight ends are going to get theirs they're going to defeat one-on-one matchups when they get them and you know mahomes is probably too good to to really try to trick him at this point but Th- they, you know, th- they well dedicate at times extra resources to Kelsey and Mahomes will just have to find his open receiver in that case.
1: Well, and then you look at it and, and that's, I think, the big key as to how this last game plays in when you don't have a Travis Kelsey and you have guys like Byron Pringle step up. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch and see how Kansas City is able to kind of change things going into this week. The other thing that I want to ask about is, you know, the Bengals' defense has seen what has given Mahomes trouble so much this season. Do you really expect them to attack with the same too high look over that he's been kind of finding ways to beat over the past couple of weeks, or do you think that they're going to throw something different at him?
0: I think they'll be sorry, James. I think they'll be a little multiple here because I think they've seen that you can't just go too high and expect that to to work. I mean, it, it might be a bend don't break approach. They they might try to do some of the the one cut stuff that has at times like taken away some of the crossers that the Chiefs like to run. We talked about that in the the film review episode on Locked On Bengals yesterday as well, and it's something that you know Vic Fangio has employed at times as well. And I, I think the key is going to be can they find a way to generate pressure with four? It's something that we've seen from this team more this year than last year. They're doing they're, they've been more effective with stunts and twists with their front four and if they can find a way to manipulate the offensive line into some man protections, we talked about this yesterday as well and, and get the twist called at the right time and and try to hit one of those variance plays. I I think that's what you're looking for, but to say that they're just going to sit in too high all game, they might do a lot of it because I'm sure they're more worried about taking away the explosive play and and taking away the, the instant touchdown than getting nickeled and dimed and trying to find a way to make a goal line stand. But it will be interesting to see how Lou Rimo reacts. Sometimes I think he he outsmarts himself a little bit and we'll have to see if that's the case this week.
1: Now, when you look at playing this game, obviously I think that we both think that both these teams have very good offenses. How are you kind of leaning in this game? Are you thinking it's going to be a shootout or are you thinking it's going to be you know a defensive-led game? I, I I know that I think I would guess that you're probably saying shootout, but I'm just curious.
2: Sure. Yeah, I, I think weather permitting. I know the wind could be up a bit and it could impact things at least a little. So that could impact uh, the shootout uh, potential at least a little, uh, you know, if you have 30 mile an hour winds at Paul Brown Stadium. But as long as the the weather isn't a huge factor. Yeah, I think so. I think that, uh, like Jake said, Burrow's going to have to to throw it. They're going to have to open up the offense and um, really throw everything at the Chiefs and, and try to score and, and and stay ahead of the eight ball there. And, and on the flip side, this defense, they've been good this year. They've exceeded my expectations, but trying to stop Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and then all of the other guys, like you mentioned that, you know, Pringle had a good game last week and he's, his mm-hmm. confidence is going to be high. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a shootout.
1: Sorry. One last quick question. Is Zach Taylor going to be the kind of coach that's going to go for it on fourth down in the red zone? Like we've seen other teams do against this team. Or do you think he's going to be the guy that's going to kind of buck that trend and take the field goals?
0: I think that Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan and this coaching staff is aware of the offense on the other side of the field and and will adjust their approach week to week based on what they're seeing on the other side of the field. I think this week, and, and they did it last week against the Ravens, they went for it twice, I think this week. They're going to go for it. I think that they'll maybe kick some field goals from, from 50 to 55, depending on the win. But I think this week they know they need to go for it, and they haven't been that team all year. But I, I do think that they are aware of the offensive challenge on the other side of the ball. And unless the defense comes out and starts stunting on them and they go out to a 14-0 lead off a of pick six or something, uh, I think we'll see that, that fourth down aggression. And – I think this is a good time to get into prediction, guys. What do you think? Should we should we dive in, Chris? Are you a are you a predictions guy?
1: It's fine with me. I you know I, I think this is going to be a fun game. I, I do think that Cincinnati is a very good team, uh, and I really think that the bigger thing for me is Cincinnati is a playoff team, in my opinion. I think they have been most of the season. Uh, so to me, this is going to be a good test for Kansas City. Are they going to be able to do what they've been doing on defense? Because if you take away the Chargers game. That they played a couple weeks ago without chris jones and without willie gay who are huge pieces of their defense and without algeria sneed uh they haven't allowed very many points to to teams so i think that uh going into this game i think you know are they going to be able to hold the Bengals under 20 i mean they've held some other good offenses under 20 at times so you know how good is this defense uh i still think kansas city ends up winning this game i think it's going to be Uh, probably a close game, and I think it's going to be high scoring. So I'm going to say Kansas City wins uh, probably 28-21. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's... That seems kind of uh, low scoring, right, James, for for what we might be thinking? But I'm just going to throw this out before I kick it to you for your prediction, James. The Bengals this year have had four two-game winning streaks. In three of their two-game winning streaks, they've scored 41 points in the second game and have had issues in that third game they haven't been able to get to three games this year james is this the week they buck the trend and level up
2: uh, i don't know I, i'll give a score later i i haven't thought about the score a ton so to, since it's wednesday night um but no i'm leaning kansas city but if the bengals offense i will say this if they only score 21 points that's a huge disappointment i i that that would be because If Patrick Mahomes goes and hangs 45 on you, I don't think anyone's going to point the finger at Lou Rumo and say, what the hell are you doing? It's Patrick Mahomes, it's Tyreek Kill, it's Travis Kelsey. If Joe Burrow and these offensive weapons that we talked about can't score at at this stage of the year when Burrow seems to be playing his best ball of his NFL career thus far, then that's that's a big problem, especially with what they have riding on this game. So I I do lean Kansas City as of now. But, uh, yeah, if it's just 21, man, that's – that would be rough. And I'm not saying you're wrong, Chris. It could happen because because Jake's right. They have laid eggs. After back-to-back wins this year, it seems like that third one has got them. So,
1: Well, I'm just really excited to see this type of offense go against this defense because I I want to sure. see I, – I feel like the chief strength at defense has really improved over the past several weeks. This is going to be a good test in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and Chris Jones will certainly be a challenge. I, I know I've said his name – a bunch of times. And I know there's other players on that Kansas city defense. And in that secondary, we haven't even mentioned Tyran Matthew. I don't think besides his health, but uh, it should be, it should be a fun game and we'll find out a little bit more, maybe a lot more about both of these teams as they make their playoff push. Chris James, thanks for your time. We've had a very fun conversation here about the chiefs and the Bengals game coming up this Sunday. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Bengals, Locked On Chiefs Crossover Thursday. We'll both be back tomorrow for your daily fifth day of the week for the Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Bengals. Until then, thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network.